She sat on the top step of the porch, watching the rain, and he stood in the doorway watching her. It's not the end of the world, he said, and she said, I think the end of the world's been called on account of rain. They said no more for a spell, her watching the rain and drinking what was left of the gin, and then switching to what there was of rum, and him watching for some hint or sign from her or from the heavens. It had rained for weeks, first as a few plump drops, and then as a steady drench. Then it almost stopped, and the sun almost shone, but only almost. And then came the rain again. From great oaken buckets it sloshed. And then it did stop, as if in its own muddy tracks. It stopped for a full minute, and he said, Finally, I think the rain's run out of ways to fall. She said, Just wait, you. And watched with a kind of wearied bemusement as it rained a hail of bullets across the land. She might have been using her drink stir as a baton to conduct all this doom. This lasted all of one day and the night that followed. Not that day had one dim bulb on night these days. Then it was one endless drop. It spanned town blocks and country miles and days of the week. The rain became time, place, law, religion, and the arts. The rain was myth and legend, tomorrow's headlines rung from the morning rag. The rain was all, there was only rain. Then the wind joined in. The wind howled hymns and chants and ghostly blues. It all seemed terribly biblical to him. And she sat watching it, and he stood watching her. You're going to catch your death, he said, or get religion. She said, You really think anything happens when we die, but that there's one less soul in the world? And what's one less soul, unless it was one who made a difference, like... She leaned back against the front porch beam and sighed. She was thinking. She said, Well, I guess there must have been one or two in there somewhere who made a difference. She looked for something, some new bottle to slug. All right, I'll give you Lincoln and the Reverend Al Green... Don't say I never gave you anything. Soul, he said. You said one less soul, not one less person. There's hope for you yet, Mrs. Flood. But still, there was no hint or sign that he could see, except that the rum was gone and it was whiskey now. Sour mash and the lightest rain yet, too soft to even call it a falling, a veil upon the land. But rain is rain. And so the land sank further into itself. The land swallowed deep, and the river body rose. The river bank swelled, and the river god crept closer. He sat beside her on the top step of the porch. She had a fresh whiskey. She had bare feet and toenails painted blue, the shade of dark in the usual way. He ran a finger along the barbed wire-shaped scar on her left knee the scar the color of midnight against her skin the color of dusk. It was her lucky scar, she said. She'd gotten it falling from the sky during a dream. He said that didn't sound very lucky, and she said there were all kinds of luck. She said you could hang from luck, you could drown in it. Anyway, it happened, she said. Or anyway, that's the story she told him that night. The night they met, on the bluff in Memphis.
Three days later, they were married. Three years next month, he thought now. River God willing and the world don't end. This is a soggy river town, she said. Most river towns are, he said, if it's any kind of river at all. This seemed to cheer her some, for him to be the bearer of such news. She wagged her drinkster at him. It was a wand now. She sipped the whiskey. She poured him a glass and leaned in. She knocked him a kiss. He ran his fingers some more along that barbed wire scar and then considered her legs at great length. He admired their shape and sheen in the blue dark.